Super Talk Mississippi media production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find inside Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond. On Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Well, another fun edition of Crusader Talk is on your radio here on this Monday. Glad to have you with us. Caleb Hamill, Josh West, and Will Tony here with you, broadcasting live from our Super Talk Hattiesburg studios in Oak Grove, Mississippi. Got a lot to recap. Got champions to talk about of the SSAC. Not just women's basketball that happened over this week, and we haven't talked about or really fully recap the indoor track and field season in which both the men's and women's teams were able to secure the crown, and it was a great showing for the Crusaders out there in Gainesville, Florida. And now they've moved on to bigger and better things over to Nationals. We're calling in the big shot himself, Coach Ryan McKenzie, all the way from South Dakota. I'm glad they have cell reception over there. Coach, how are you? I'm doing fine. Hey, I can tell you one thing. This weather is a lot better than it normally is when we're up here this time of year. That's good. <laughs> oh, you've got That's the warm good. front, right, Coach? Well, we have, we have the warm front right now. Today was 60 degrees. I couldn't believe it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. That's incredible for out there. What, what town are you all in in South Dakota? Remind me. We're in Brookings. Brookings, South Dakota. Brookings, South Dakota. Okay. So, with that, indoor track and field nationals underway, uh, the Crusaders are representing the SSAC along with Life and Loyola in uh, men's indoor. Uh, man, let's let's kind of go chronologically. You know, we, we talked to you right before the group went over to Gainesville, Florida to compete in the SSAC championship. It boded well for your team to talk about them before they performed out there. They come away with a championship. How'd they get it done over there? Well, well, we're going to start with the men. You know, they came out really, really adamant and, and, and dominated. And in several events, we came out with 11 um, first-place finishers, uh, scored a two, 209 points. Um, closest team was Life at 184. So the guys, had they had a pretty good fight on their hands. Life would take over a few events. We would take over a few events. But they told, they told me and they told the rest of the coaching staff when they come down to it, we're going to, be, we're going to leave it on the track. And they, and they did that. So that's how the guys came out victorious. Um, on the ladies' side, they dominated as normal, scoring 263 points, um, outscoring out, out life by over 100 points at the second-place finish. And they had uh, over 13 first-place finishers. So, you know, that's kind of something that we were expecting, but we, we just didn't know we were going to just um, be able to score that many points and, and run away with it. By the way, I didn't give you your proper billing at the top of the show. We're visiting with South Region Head Coach of the Year, as awarded by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, Coach Ryan McKenzie. Congratulations on that accolade as well, Coach. You're learning, Caleb. Thank I'm you. proud of Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. That, that's just a bigger testament on um, you know the work we put in, but I, I, I hang my head on those athletes and also our assistant coaches. Um, we get out there and we, we go through the grind and you know, sometimes you get those accolades and you got to make sure that the, the proper people also are, are running right there with you. So we were able to do that. Um, and not only me, um, Coach, Coach Diaz, he got it on men's and women's um, assistant, assistant regional coach of the year. And also field event, Michaela Linton and Jeffrey Usman, they both won that South Region Award. So we, we came out um, five, five awards out of eight. 
I got to tell you, who's in charge of the social media for William Carey Track and Field? Because I tell you, y'all pump out some great content out there, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, uh, you name it. You guys are making sure everybody knows about you. Well, that would be yours truly. Um, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I try to make sure that, you know, um, these days social media is, is, for one thing, we like to call it free recruiting. And sometimes when um, when our younger athletes that we're recruiting can see what you're actually doing, that's a great thing on the recruiting side. And also we, we do want um, our fans and our followers to know that we're doing a great job because often we don't have those big meets near home so they can come see us. So we put it on camera for them to see us. Coach McKenzie, Josh here. I uh, wanted to kind of follow up on your thought about, you know, just the domination, especially on the ladies' side. You mentioned all the work and the testament of the hard work the team put in. Where was that kind of aha moment where you kind of hoped and, and were kind of game planning for this to be kind of the script of of the tournament of the championship, but then we're like, wow. I, like you said, you didn't know you would dominate like that. What do you attribute to that success? Where did you really see the work pay such broad dividends? Well, coming out of the first day, um, our ladies um, jumpers, our ladies long jumpers, they, they scored one, two, three, four, and five. So they took the first, um, first second, third, fourth, and fifth place of that event. And I knew coming out of the field with those many points that our sprinters were going to go get it done. And then I knew that I was hurdle, our hurdlers was going to get it done. So we were set pretty, sitting in a pretty good place right after those field events on the first day. It, well, you've set the bar to incredible new heights. And uh, when you look at where, you know, Kerry's wanting to get to um, and where Kerry is and where teams are chasing, uh, you mentioned the, the success to the athletes. Uh, again, I mean, I know we, we keep getting this story, but, but – there, there's so many intricate pieces of it. What are some of the details we still are learning about this team? Well, this year I can say that we added um, something that we haven't had um, depth in, and that would be our middle distance. And to be able to add an addition onto what we would like to call a powerhouse, and we can go and still add additions to that, you know, that, that just keeps the ball rolling. So. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would know that we have 800 runners this year. We have 600 runners. We have a young lady just going to run the 3,000 at national. So we added those pieces, and I think it's, it's, it's something real special. Where are the teams in the league trying to keep you on your toes? Where do they try to attack this team first and try to make up ground at first and where you have to be the most conscious of? Uh, in, in, in conference, I would say they a lot of – um, other teams try to attack us in the, in the throwing area because we haven't been really big on throws um, given the history of our team, and they attack in that manner. But we kind of try to attack back on the field event side of the jump, the long jump, the triple jump, the high jump. So we try to level that out. They're going to get a good amount of points in the throws, and we got to come and, and get a great amount of points in the, in the jumps. Coach, I'm looking around at the, uh, the rankings from that same association that gave you uh, – that uh, South Region Coach of the Year award. Uh, William Carey in the women's indoor track and field ranked second behind Indiana Tech. This is a, a talented Indiana Tech team. Uh, they're three-time defending NAIA indoor champions. You've got your work cut out for you uh, in that regard. Uh, several other top contenders going up against the Crusaders as well. Concordia from Nebraska, Central Methodist out of Missouri, Cumberland's Kentucky, uh, all kinds of different teams over there. Uh, where do you think this team shines the most that will give them a chance at a possible national title? Well, 
So when you look at those rankings, they go across everything that we've done um, throughout the year. Uh, but then we get the nationals, and you have you have to pretty much decide how you're going to run your athletes. Let's say you have an athlete just doing multiple events. Well, when we get to this to this championship, we have to make sure that we can't run them in all. We want to make sure we put them in there most dominant. So I think going into um, our first couple days, um, of course, sprint uh, the sixty. Uh, Long jump and triple jump, we were ranked number one. And, well, we actually have the number one jump squad in the nation. They do a thing called event squad. So long jump and triple jump are ranked number one. Our 60 and our 60 hurdles are also ranked number one. So my hat would go off, and I would say that those two event um, groups would probably hold. um, If they can go in and do a good job, we got a pretty good chance at it. Absolutely. And we look over at the men's side of things. Cumberland's Kentucky's in that uh, upper ranking as well as Indiana Tech. Crusaders uh, falling at the uh, number 15 spot. The top most ranked SSAC team out of all of those. Uh, but 14 other teams ahead of the Crusaders just in the rankings. But all that can be kind of thrown away as far as uh, who's going to come out with the most points at the end of all of these events over in South Dakota. I really like the Crusaders and what they've been able to do this regular season. And it seems like you've got a bunch that has a lot of not just talent, but a lot of want to and a lot of willpower and wanting to get things done and come away victorious. I will toss it over to Josh. Uh, he's got a question for you before we head out of here. One more follow-up. Hey, can I say one yeah, thing about what you just said? Yeah. All right, so I, I, I did want to say something about that, me and 15th rank um, overall. We're ranked number one in the conference. We're ranked sixth in the Southern region, and we're ranked 15 nationally. Last year, we finished um, 48th nationally, and you know we we dug in, and our guys are were ready coming in, and we knew that the goal that we were going to set was to um, to drop those numbers, and we have a goal to finish top 10 nationally, and of course the ladies have a goal of winning winning it all. So we'll we'll see what how it turns out, but my hat goes off to that men's team because they've really been working their behinds off. That's incredible. Final thought here: we got about 30 seconds uh, to stay loose with the high expectations and, and to, you know, not be too tight and, and be able to perform it at max performance and to, uh, uh, false starts are devastating. Mental game. How, is this team easy to keep loose? Do they stay relaxed? They normally stay relaxed because they know the work has been put in. Now the lights are on and, you know, you're in the starting blocks and it's time to perform. So they put the work in. So we normally don't have too many, too many pressures of um, having to make them stay loose. That's awesome to hear, Coach. Well, Coach McKenzie, we hope that we're visiting with you shortly on the next program, maybe talking about some either individuals or team national titles or even great finishes as well. Hope to have you on again soon. Thank you guys for having me. Go Crusaders. Go Saders indeed. Thanks, Coach. That is head coach of the Crusaders men's and women's track and field teams, Coach Ryan McKenzie. When we return... Have a lot to recap from the previous week. A lot of basketball action, softball, baseball as well. Tennis getting their season underway. Golf is in progress today as well. A whole lot and a, a whole lot more coming up for you next, I should say, here on Crusader Talk. From the coaches to the student athletes and the fans that cheer them on. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. And don't you just feel encouraged whenever you get to talk to Coach Ryan McKenzie? 
I love that guy. The passion he has for what he does and for his team. The work's been put in. Yeah. You can hear it in his voice, the passion he has. Absolutely. All right. A lot to cover today. We mentioned a lot of different athletic contests have uh, been in progress throughout the week. A lot of baseball, a handful of softball games. The biggest headline, though, the William Carey Lady Crusaders on the basketball court come away as co-champions of the SSAC. And I have to interject an apology on behalf of those that listened to the podcast and were wondering why Carey was not the one seed uh, when all was said and done because Bruton Parker did win out. So they ended up with a 500 record and Carey beat Loyola. The problem was when I had originally done that math in trying to detect who would be the teams that had winning records and who would not, I had already counted point out as a team that would finish 500 because prior to Saturday, uh, this is now two Saturdays ago, they had Faulkner on the schedule. And I wrote them off as saying, I don't think Point's going to beat Faulkner, in which case they would fall from 6-9 and nine to 6-10 and 10 with two games left, no way to recover. Well, gosh darn it, if they don't beat Faulkner by 20 on Saturday. And then ran the table. And then you know, played Middle Georgia State and Thomas. Thomas, the lowest team in the conference standings. Oddly enough, their only win is against, believe it or not, Mobile. Of all the teams to trip up and win against, it was Mobile. Right. team that finished third in the conference. And that was the game before Kerry went in and beat them on their home floor. They had beaten them in that close game on a Thursday. Kerry came in, came in and beat Thomas on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were riding that high going into that uh, ball game against William Kerry. But nevertheless, uh, the Crusaders did all they could. And, you know, if you're really – Wanting to look back and say, man, it would have been great if we could have had that automatic qualifier, the number one seed in the conference tournament. You may look back at that first game between Kerry and Loyola, that one-point loss right before Christmas break, and say, man, what if? Like, What if Lauren Rowley was a little healthier? What if the Crusaders don't foul Sandra Kennedy on the other side of the floor where she gets the one of two free throws to go down to give Loyola that one-point victory? There's a lot of what-ifs you can ask, but at the end of the day, and this girls' team is legit. They are still riding a, a win streak ever since that loss to Loyola back in December. Yeah. And they have won their first ever conference championship in the SSAC since joining in 2010. First ever championship in a conference for William Carey since 2006, which also happens to be the last time the Crusaders were in the national tournament. It, it's Number one, it does no good to look back and and do the what ifs it it's not fair to the team and it, more than that it's not healthy for the team to look back and do the what ifs when you have something like that happen the best thing you can do is learn from it get better and win well and i have a theory about it is that if this team was at some point in conference play sitting undefeated then they're ranked they sure. have a bullseye and the mental pressure of that they've been hungry they've been chasing the entire year now and they are the hunter not the hunted right they would have been the hunted now for months and you've got to have a veteran team you've got to have a team that has really been used to that right this is a carry team that's going to have to make an adjustment going into next year 
as being one of those teams, but they'll have the offseason. Mm-hmm. They'll be another year more mature. It'll be a con- uh, it's not though we hope to or we think we can they will have already won a conference championship they will know they can that's going to raise the bar will and so i think this year the way it's playing out this is the third best team in the region this yeah. is a team that's going to get an at-large bid yeah they don't want the at-large bid they want the conference tournament championship they want to get a higher seed in the tournament absolutely but i, but I love where this team is right now well and you think you think about it and you know yeah the at-large bid that's obviously not what you're shooting for. Uh, you, regular season co-champions, great. Now let's go out and win the entire tournament. What's crazy about just the game that it took, or the games that it took to get to this point of playing for a co-championship on Saturday, is something that cannot be ignored. You look back at Saturday, or excuse me, Tuesday night of last week against Stillman, oh. and boy, Stillman came out guns blazing. Carey was, you know down nearly out a couple times and josh you were on the call for that one that was as nervous as i think i've ever heard you or even been just listening for myself uh to a carry women's basketball game well it it was carry literally uh, again very similar situation to kind of what you had for the men at bruton parker in overtime down five closing minutes colton blakeney somehow makes a bucket cuts it to three Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's then 49 uh 49 46 and then and i might be getting the numbers off no it was maybe 48 42 49 42 maybe down seven because it was a two then a three and then another three rally hits another three warren hits a three and then all of a sudden they go from down to up in the span of a few moments so it's a one point game half minute left Stillman's got the ball on their baseline. Kerry has three fouls to give. They ended up burning through all three fouls. And still, with about seven seconds left, Stillman gets an open three out of the right corner and misses, and Kerry gets a rebound with under a second left. They ended up blowing a whistle. They had to go let him shoot the free throws. That's where you get the three-point margin of victory. Yeah. Make no mistake, that was a one-point win where Kerry was able to, because they'd only committed one foul through the first nine and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, right. they were able to, if the player got one step, they just reached in and kind of grabbed foul for the ball and fouled on the floor. And they did that three times in 20-something seconds. And then it may be another timeout. And yeah. then Kerry, there were about four or five timeouts that were burned in that stretch. It was, as you said, as intense of an end of a game as you'll ever see and Stillman give them all the credit if they play defense the way they played that night they can win the tournament they were absolutely locked down defensively in that game yeah to recap it was Stillman up by six 48 42 48 42 yep and then it was Leah Sutton getting a layup in the paint to cut it to four then after where was the Blakeney bucket then so my memory failed me so it was uh Blakeney so it was a six-point game before uh, where I just picked up. So Colton Blakeney, Blakeney cut it to four, bucket. and then Stillman immediately responded with okay. a good layup by uh, Tania Marks. So that cut it back to a six-point edge. Then Sutton. Then Sutton's points in the paint. Then the three by Lauren Rowley to cut it to one. Then the three by Then the three Rose by Rose Warren. Warren. Oh, and the three by Rose Warren was incredible. I she should, was great I should have night. cut that for the show tonight. She was great all night. She had 20 points in that game. Uh, she had a really big mismatch. And so that was kind of a game that 
is just huge for Rose Warren. You know, I think that's something for her that that's a memory uh, that helps. That was part of the story of them winning a championship that kind of validates a lot of the things she was thinking when she made the move Mm -hmm. to William Carey. Um, We have seen her uh, become the player that a lot of people thought she could be at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. And she was good throughout her college career. She's been a starter her entire college career. But she has really come into her own. And um, I know she's thoroughly enjoyed her time as a crusader. And there's, you know, the chapter's still left to be written. Book's not closed on her career. This is a team that is really, really good. And I, I think underrated right now. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I mean, truly flying under the Absolutely. radar. There's no reason why this team should not be ranked. And it's good that they're not because the rankings don't matter. They, they don't. And the problem is the pollsters out there don't realize why Kerry has three losses on the year, who they lost those games to. They're sure. just looking at who have the Crusaders played lately, why do they have this many wins. And they look at the Thomases and the UT Southerns and Bruton Parkers, Middle Georgia States, and they're like, ah, yeah, you, you've kind of you know won a couple of games here or there. You've beaten Mobile once out of two times. You've beaten Faulkner. But all of a sudden now you're looking back at why they lost to Mobile, Faulkner, and Loyola uh, back when they did and how they lost those games. And now they're on this big – I believe it's nearly or up to 20 games in a row of wins. And you're like, okay, well, this team may be legit after all. You, you defeat the number 16 team in the NAIA in Loyola, and you do it by 8 points, 78 to 70. Closer game because of all the fouls and all at the end. But still – this is a team that is poised for not just success within the SSAC, but on a national level. Carry one receiving votes in the Valentine's Day poll, and they're going to be in the top 25 by the next time it comes out. But when they come out and hit shots, and they know they've got to be able to handle the press in the tournament, that's something that I know they're working on right now. That's why Coach English can't talk to us. They're running press break right now in practice. I mean, of course, I'm tongue-in-cheek, but they are. They're working on that. Carry started that game on a 21-3 to run. When they are hitting shots, they can literally shoot someone out of the gym. And I told Tom, we're watching it from the softball field, and I said, I know you don't win a game in the first quarter, but you can lose a game early. Oh, yeah. And and that deficit, that start for William Carey is what they needed to win that game and win the championship. Though we aren't able to speak to Coach Tracy English live tonight, did get his comments after the game on Saturday. We'll replay that interview for you when we return. At the time that we recorded that interview, we were still watching over at the Point and Thomas game. It was close at that point. Point ends up coming away with the victory. That's why Loyola will be the number one seed in the conference tournament and get the automatic qualifying bid. But we'll play that interview for you next. Also look ahead at the schedule for the SSAC basketball tournament, both on the men's and women's side. Recap a weekend of baseball and softball action. All that coming up for you next as Crusader Talk rolls along. Listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Coach, a, a terrific game all the way around for William Carey. Great shooting day, especially in that first half, and saw great action from several of these veterans. 
But I got to tip my hat to Maddie Ladner on a, a great day. 14 rebounds, 14 points as well. She helped the Crusaders and willed them on to victory today. So Maddie is the is the is the piece. You know, you you, you get Chanel's all conference. I mean, conference player of the of the week. They've all had accolades like that, but the one constant thing is her. And when things were a little bit tight, if you look at like in, if you look in that fourth quarter, and we shot 25% in that in that fourth quarter. But if you look if you look at things, the things that that's gonna always be there is Maddie Ladin. Okay, um, she's gonna be rebounding. She's gonna be cutting. She's gonna be always always in the open spot, and those kids know it. And they, and today, with all the pressure that those kids were receiving, when they had the basketball, Maddie came up big. She was what she was where she was supposed to be all day long. So, just really proud of her. And she was from the first quarter on. You could see that she was getting in prime position for offensive rebounds. Coach, there was a time in this game where Loyola only had one defensive rebound and. Maddie had like five or six. Right, absolutely. I mean, it, offensive rebounding was clutch for the Crusaders on the shots they missed in that first quarter, and that really set the tempo for the remainder of the game. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, we, let me just say this about Loyola. A very good basketball team. Um, I've watched them all year long, and don't, don't always play hard. You know, always get down a little bit against people, but you know, you know they're never in trouble because they're going to beat these people in the second half or whenever they have. They did it against us, getting foul trouble in New Orleans, and then you know those two kids, one and twenty-four, just took over. And they're two All-Americans, so they they, they, they have that. Um, but I'm going to tell you, against Mobile on last Tuesday, like that the whole game. Tonight the. I mean, they, they were busting it all night long, and we beat a very good team for 40 minutes, what we did. We knew they were going to make runs at us, uh, made runs at us. We were able to hold them off. Just, just, uh, a, just a great win for us. This team has learned a lot about themselves ever since those first two losses of the year. You start off on a hot streak, you lose to Mobile and Faulkner after Rowley went down with an injury. It changed your program's identity and who was running the point for a little bit, and that really helped the Crusaders, I feel like, turn the corner. And ever since then, when Rose has been running the point consistently, his team has now won, I believe it's like 15, 14 games in a row yeah. ahead of the conference tournament. And now, just to kind of peek over at things, the fourth quarter is about to begin between Thomas and Point. Thomas trails, but single digits right now, a chance for the number one in an automatic qualifier. But you know, regardless of that result, conference co-championship today. I mean, how about that for this William Carey bunch? I'm so happy for my kids. I, I mean, this this day right here is it's part of it, but this day right here was the day that when they showed up on campus, when they got up to come to work out at crazy times, all the running and everything they did from day one and, and continue to do to these days, it, to give yourself an opportunity to play in a game like this, um, it's all you can ask for. That's the way we approached it. Just do things the way we've been doing it. Play hard, play for each other, and play together. And that's what we did. And we came out in a good spot. First ever SSAC title for William Carey. Last time you won a conference title was 2006. Also the last time you were in the national tournament. That's got to feel pretty good ahead absolutely. of your chances possibly at a nat large if this one doesn't come oh, through. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. We feel good about where we are. 
we're pretty good shape in the arc, and that should change as well because of beating these guys and one team that was ahead of us lost a game against somebody they shouldn't have lost to. So, it, I mean, it all works out. Uh, yeah, we're right there. We're right there. So, um, which to, to means a lot to your basketball team getting ready to go and play in a, a conference tournament when you know you're probably already in and you can you can uh, relax a little bit and just play the game you're supposed to and not have as much pressure as you would normally have. Absolutely. Well, let's just put it like this to wrap this up. For you personally, this is, I believe, the fifth conference championship that you've gotten as a coach. Yeah. How, what does it mean for you in the English household? It's, 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 I, I mean, it means everything to me. All those were special. Um, this group of kids right here, I've had since they were freshmen. You know, that's that's the special part of it. Uh, I mean, Lauren Riley came along as a freshman. You know, uh, they're all freshmen, and, and just to grow up with them, to watch that particular group of kids get better every year, and even the ones that aren't here right now in the last four or five years had everything to do with us being in this position right here. Um, McKinley Seal, I think about McKinley Seal. Yeah, and, and I've Rebe seen her at a couple of games and, this year. And Rebecca Engel. I mean, the stuff that, that they did for this basketball team to, to help us get into this position is it's just, I mean, you, you can't put a price on it. Yeah, can't put a price on it at all. And just to kind of complete that thought that Coach English had, yeah, the first time that I got to see the Crusaders from a women's basketball perspective perform at such a high level was back in that 2020-21 season that got cut short because they finally caught COVID right before the conference tournament started. And I think about the players like McKinley Seal, Lauren Rowley in her freshman year you know, saw that happen. And you see Rebecca Engel come along, all these different players that really helped right the ship of William Carey women's basketball. And now you get to where you are now with you know, Rowley as a senior. You've got Rose Warren, the transfer, and so many other players that have come through as freshmen that have cemented themselves, not just in carry lore, but just as you know, people that saw the vision that Coach English had for this group. And now they're setting themselves up for a trip to the national tournament. Still with work to do in the conference tournament as we'll look over at the schedule of what the Crusaders have in front of them. Uh, get a bye through the first day, so they do not have to play in the two play-in games. Those were for seeds 7 through 10. Uh, Carey will take on the winner of Bruton Parker and UT Southern, two teams that the Crusaders have already defeated. That game will happen on Thursday at 12.30, Carey and the winner of that one. Uh, after that, it'll be William Carey taking on the winner of the three-seed and... Uh, oh, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. That would be Mobile, I believe, right off the top of my head. I'm trying to pull this up and should have had it as we were listening to that interview. But, uh, yeah, it is Kerry. They will take on the winner of Mobile and Point. That game would happen on Friday at 1 p.m. if the Crusaders are victorious in their first game. And then it just goes from there. The championship game would be Saturday, March the 2nd at 4 p.m. So, all that said, the first and only game that you really need to worry about at this point is 12.30 on Thursday, February 29th, and we will have that game free broadcast live on supertalkhattiesburg.com. Hope you'll uh, tune into that one. Men's game will also be broadcasted. In fact, all Crusader SSAC tournament action will be on supertalkhattiesburg.com. 
even the really late game that the guys get to play now after they fell to Loyola in just a tough ball game all the way around. Uh, we can you know, break that down a little bit. But uh, after losing to Loyola, Stillman had already secured the number two seed at the point that William Carey lost in that game. It became life the three, and then it was going to be four or five Mobile and Kerry, depending on how Mobile handled Stillman. And Stillman won coming from behind, winning, I believe, 65 to 64. So with that, Kerry's the four seed in men, uh, Mobile is the five. And so what other way would you want to begin a conference tournament stretch for William Kerry than rematching against the team that you've already beaten twice at 945 in the evening in Montgomery, Alabama? Any chance it actually starts at 945? No, no chance whatsoever. No. That's what I thought. Get the coffee brewing and that game just may put not on, start till 1030. No, put the put the stream on your phone, plug in the charger as you put your head on the pillow. When the exciting action heats up, then uh, we'll wake you up with a, a loud three-pointer made or a dunk made, and then you'll be able to catch the rest of the game. That's exactly <laughs> what I did during the World Series. I, I pulled it up on my phone and was listening to Ben as I was going to sleep. Sure. And I've got five <laughs> games Friday. Five. Oh, bless your heart. So God, I will man. also be drifting. Yeah. How do you handle that many games in a row? Like, I, I Obviously, when we did the SSAC tournament, we had to face some of that and the NAIA baseball tournament, for that matter. But exciting back-and-forth action like basketball lends itself to using your voice a lot more than it does for you baseball. Be How do you handle control it? it? Yeah, well, for me, it's uh, you know people say, do you, do you lose your voice? It's only if I'm extremely tired, if I'm tired. But the vo- if I get rest at night, then the voice isn't going, you know. So that's been a blessing uh, throughout my career. The most games I've ever done, I did – something like 12 out of the 14 games at like the 2012 or 13 Conference USA tournament for the CUSA Network in El Paso. Mm. Um, and that was, I mean, D1, yeah. big-time college basketball, had a great color analyst who was the analyst for UTEP, uh, tremendous relationships relationships built that week. And then Southern Miss was fortunate enough to make it to the championship and uh, and then got run out of the gym. Oh, that thirty point loss in the championship. That's a whole other story for another day. But but that was fun. That was a lot of fun. So it, it can be done, but it's mental. You just have mm-hmm. to tell yourself, This is great, this is exciting, this is the best ever, and not think about just the thirteen hour day and just stay in the moment. We'll tease this a little bit and pick up on the conversation in our final segment. But softball on an 11-game winning streak here to start off the season. Took two losses there in the opening weekend. Ever since then, they've been on that hot streak, uh, complete with four conference wins to begin the home slate of the year. How about that? It took till February 23rd for us to have our first home game at Joseph and Nancy Fail Field. And the Crusaders, uh, I feel like, have been storing up the opportunity to score some runs and perform for a home crowd and come away with four wins. So this is a 12-2 and two team. They've won 11 in a row. Of their only two losses, they were both 2-1 losses opening weekend. They led one nothing in the sixth inning of both games. And kind of right. just weird things happen. Maybe a bunt, an infield hit, and it just kind of maybe a walk or hit batter. I, I, the, the details are, are fuzzy because I was just getting a conversation in, on the field prior to the game. But they led those games. Right. So this is a team that could easily be undefeated. But what they did, what they followed it up with, 
was with a 5-0 and weekend prior to the 4-0 conference weekend. That was the NAI Top 25 tournament. Obviously, all Top 25 teams don't get there, so they sprinkle in. But Kerry's got a win over number three and two more wins over teams receiving votes. They've got a Top 15 team in Mobile coming in on March 9th. The resume is already looking really, really good. This Kerry team can fly. They've already got almost 60 stolen bases True. on the season. And that, that's really special in softball. How many uh, for Alex Davis, old Speedy Gonzalez herself? Do you remember off the top of your head? I do not, but I can tell you this. Uh, Rachel Rodriguez has only been caught twice, and this is her fifth year. She's a fifth-year player. She's been caught stealing twice. How about that? We'll pick up with that conversation and also recap baseball and a whole lot else as we have our final segment next on Crusader Talk. You're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. How about this for a stat, Josh? Right. We're talking softball going into the break, and you asked me, what is the team batting average so far this season? 365 as a team. They have three players with above 400 averages, including D.D. West, Brooke Tanner, and Carly Kidder. Already on the year, Carly Kidder has 18 runs driven in. D.D. West with 13 RBIs, six extra base hits. Uh, Kidder with eight extra base hits, including seven doubles. I- I'm telling you, those players are on fire. And then you mentioned those stolen bases. As a team, Kerry has been caught stealing four times in 57 attempts. 53 stolen bases. I'll take that. That can win you some ball games. Yes, it can. <laughs> I mean, if they get a runner on, they're moving that runner over. They're moving it around. There's so many ways for them. If, if, if Rachel gets on base and she needs to get to third, yeah. she's getting to third. She's 14 for 14. Brooke Tanner, 16 for 16. Uh, very special players. Alex Davis, uh, 8 of 10. She's a good speed threat. The only problem is with Davis is that she's known for stealing bags so much that she's a big target. Mm-hmm. She's People a, know. Well, she is. And with players like Davis, Tanner, uh, Rodriguez, those, those sharply hit ground balls up the middle to center field, it's really hard to catch them at the plate. I mean, they're going to beat yeah. that throw to the plate. And then when you're throwing to the plate and you're not cutting that throw, you're allowing that backside runner to advance up to second base, right. get right into scoring position. I will say this, um, Davis been battling that left shoulder. She had issues yeah. with the left. She actually uh, banged up her right shoulder. Uh, it didn't. It didn't come out. It literally was coming out and got stuck. So it, Ooh, if you can halfway dislocate it, they popped it back in on the field, uh-huh. and um, she was able to stay in and run to end the inning, and then they subbed her out. Right. So she's going to be okay. They were going to evaluate her again further today, but it's just that's something she deals with. It's just the way. Uh, she was created, and she struggles with that. But what was odd about the play is that, and I've never seen this, Caleb, her hand, and you can go back and watch it, her hand, when she slid in to third, her hand goes under the bag Ooh. and pops the base out of the ground. So she kind of got really jammed up when it got turned, right. and there was nowhere else for it to go. And that's what happened, is she really got jammed up. You're, she wasn't, wasn't going over the bag. She went under the bag. Then the post is trying to come out of the ground. It's trying to lift out of the ground, and it got hung. And that's when she kind of jammed into it. I have mm. never seen that 
ever. Have, is, have either of you ever no. seen? I've never seen somebody a player slide with a under finger the bag. go no. under the bag. Not, not and then almost level. bring no. the bag out of the ground completely. Right. Those Crazy. things are usually anchored pretty well. Yeah. First time ever. You say you see something new. Yeah. Every time you go to the ballpark. No. Chalk it up. Never seen it. I also saw, and then also this, I'm glad she's okay. Let's give a shout out for the toughest mom, toughest crusader mom, Ryan Hornsby's mom. Ball <laughs> goes off the dugout, off the back wall behind the grandstand, and off the ricochet. Catches her in the top of the head on the front row. You were literally sitting on the front row behind the net to not get hit in the head. I've never seen that. A double ricochet, thank God, that it hit two different spots and to took all that momentum off yeah. of it yes. um because and so she had a little goose egg and they got her some ice yeah. and she was fine the rest of the day i mean i say fine loosely but tough tough cookie and she was back there the next day hey those hornsby's are tough man uh, <laughs> uh ryan's grandparents go to my church and uh they're awesome people love them we always talk about crusader softball whenever we're walking through the halls but they're a tough bunch, man. They, they can handle it. Great crowds. Really good crowds oh, for this yes. opening home weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to keep winning. They just are. They're just that good. Um, they've got a little bit. And they're not going to say they've got a chip on their shoulder, but I'm going to tell you, deep down, it's uh, there. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they play like they've got something to prove. And, and, and they won 39 last year. They've already got a win over a team that won 49 last year yeah. in Cumberland's. They, won th- they, w- they went 5-0 and in the – tournament called the top 25 tournament yeah i mean it's salty i mean they're playing really good they're in gulf shores this weekend so i can't escape crusader talk without recapping what baseball did over the past week they suffered a series loss to middle georgia state lost well one on friday 17 to 9 in a nine inning game but lost get this 25 to 13 in a seven inning game and then were walked off in the rubber match 6-5 to five after the Crusaders had tied it up in the top of the ninth inning. Middle Georgia State is able to get a run to win it 6-5 over there in Cochran, Georgia. Crusaders may be falling to the bottom part of the top 25 or maybe even falling out if they're not careful. It uh, depends kind of on what happened around them. Well, but they're, they scored 35 runs, right? That's the silver lining. That this is. team that couldn't score for a couple of weeks scored 35 runs. And yeah. I don't know if it's if it's, if it's the Crusaders, hopefully they're not like my golf game. You fix one thing and the other thing breaks. <laughs> your irons are working and then your putter's not working and then your putter starts working and you can't hit anything. Your driver falls apart. So, yeah, they're scoring runs now. And yeah. then once they figure out the rotation in pitching, hopefully they'll get a couple of guys healthy, get back and, and start finding their rhythm. We are out of time. Before we go, Crusader of the Week, the junior from Puckett, Mississippi, Rose Warren. Uh, her first career SSAC uh, Player of the Week honor was earned. She averaged uh, 18.5 points over the past two games and helped the Crusaders on to a co-championship with Loyola Wolfpack. Had a season-high 20 points in that three-point win over Stillman. Rose Warren, the transfer from Southern Miss, our Crusader of the Week. Well, that'll do it for us today. We'll recap the SSAC basketball tournament. Also try to hopefully visit with another coach or two as we have another Crusader talk yet again in the books. For all our friends here, Will Tony, Coach Ryan McKenzie that joined us early, and Josh West, I'm Caleb Hamill saying good night, God bless, and go Saders. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.